My name is Luis Yataco. I'm very honored to be here this morning. Jose actually invited me out to uh, come and uh, speak to you this morning. Talking about birthdays, uh, my spiritual birthday is also coming up. And October 20th, I'll actually be 22 years as a Christian. Let's not do the math. My goodness. Well, so excited to be here this morning. You know, we wanted to talk about um, uh, the Bible this morning and how it can really help us in our lives. Amen? And uh, we really encourage you to pay attention, share the Bible with the person next to you, or maybe your Bible app, or maybe your notes. I think that would be very helpful. Let's open up in Luke chapter 22. You know, it seems like everybody has an autobiography. You know, everybody's writing a book. And uh, what about if they wrote a book about your life? You know, they followed you around, taking notes, and you don't know what they were actually writing about. Would they write about the good stuff? Things that maybe you accomplished, things that maybe happened to you that are very positive? Or would they be talking about maybe some of the tough times? You know, what would you be interested in reading? It seems to us that, you know, we are very blessed. We have different moments, our lives made of moments. And the Bible, there's also moments from different people that we can learn from. But as you compile all the moments in your life, I bet you have very positive moments, moments where there were, you were very blessed, and there were moments maybe where you were tried, maybe your character was tried. And there are moments of grace, and then moments of change. You know, we're going to look at the life of Peter, and we're going to learn from the life of Peter. And you know, oftentimes it's better from, uh, for us to learn from bad examples, Right? So that we can prevent our own actions. You know, the Bible can really help us make good decisions, but it can really help us avoid bad decisions. It can actually help us prevent moments of embarrassment. Moments where you go in and you're like, oh, I know what to do now. Right? You go a different way. So opening up in uh, Luke 22, is it up? Luke 22, verse 33. And a little bit about introducing this moment in Peter's life. Jesus is getting ready for the ultimate sacrifice. He's getting ready to go to the cross. And he's having the last supper with his disciples. And he's talking about that he's going to get betrayed. And they're all tossing back and forth as to about who's going to do it. And then in the midst of that, they start talking about who's the greatest of them. And then right after that, you know, Peter says something very important. And I don't know whether you've been there before. In verse, uh, um, where are we at? verse 33, it says, But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Have you ever made a promise like that? Where you really were setting yourself up for really high expectations? Prison and to death. And then Jesus just, as Jesus does, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. And that is deep friendship right there. Right? You're saying a whole bunch of things. Peter is saying, I will be with you to life. I mean, through, through prison and death. Very high expectations. And Jesus already knows what's about to happen. 
Have you ever been in a moment where you just opened up your mouth and you made a promise? Maybe to your spouse. Maybe to your husband, to your wife, to your kids. Or maybe to a friend. And then eventually it just came back on you. Let's keep going. Let's keep reading. The next slide. So we skip down to verse 54. And then it says, Then seizing him, and this is now they already grabbed Jesus, and they're taking Jesus now. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. But when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Pete sat down, Peter sat down with them. So he's already kind of pushing, pulling back, being a little bit sneaky, moving around. Then in verse 56, the next slide, the test comes. A serpent girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him. And said, this man was with him. And what did he do? But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he says. Right then and there, high expectations being challenged. Right? He's having now to wrestle with this situation. I don't know whether you've ever been in a situation where you were asked a question. And maybe you didn't want to give the answer. Or maybe you set up a particular expectation for yourself and then somebody called you on it and you didn't come through. You know, I remember in grade school, uh, this was in the back, way, way, way back in grade school. And uh, I was uh, in ESL. I didn't know how to speak English. And I was telling people that I was from Peru. And people didn't really know what that, what Peru is or where Peru is. So then I said, okay, well... Let me switch it up. I'm from France. <laughs> and, you know, for the longest time I have been teased because, you know, I have a big nose and my family and all that. So I said, I'm going to go with that. That lasted about two days. We were in the lunchroom and some girl that had been taking French all her life decides to come up and start speaking to me in French. I had no idea what she was saying. She figured that out real quick and started telling everybody that I was not from France. You know, in grade school, you try to fit in really bad. But you know, as you grow up, you also try to do the same, right? Then I switched it up, actually. Then I started saying that I was Cuban, and then I started saying I, I a whole bunch of different things just to try to fit in, you know? And then as I thought about this moment in Peter's life, I said, you know, I've had so many different moments where I got called on the carpet or I've been confronted and, and things just rocked for me and, and they were very impacting. And one of those, and this is something that, that happened to me, I usually don't, don't talk about things in the past and things like that, but I, I think it'll really be helpful for you guys to understand what happened to me at this moment. So when I came in uh, uh, from Peru, and uh, in the sixth grade, I didn't know how to speak English. So by the time I learned, and by the, by the time I was in the eighth grade, I had eventually learned enough to be able to read and write, enough to be in honors classes. 
And then I studied really, really, really hard, and out of high school, I graduated valedictorian. So I was, you know, very, very uh, um, uh, blessed with all that. And it turns out that I wanted to be a chemical engineer because, uh, you know, I figured chemical engineers are the engineers that get paid the most. So I said, okay, I want to do that. It would be great. And um, the best chemical engineering company in the U.S. was actually in Cincinnati where I was in going to high school. And they heard about me, and they decided to pick me up. And so I'm 18, and I'm getting picked up by this chemical engineering company before I even went to USC. And so I was really encouraged. Now, this is like, this is like let's say you play a little basketball, and uh, the Lakers show up and say, hey, why don't you come over and warm up with us? Or you play a little baseball, or the Dodgers show up and say, hey, why don't you come, you know, to practice during the summer, right? And so expectation is super high, right? And so I'm there working really, really, really hard, and, and I had a really, really good moments, very positive moments. And then this one moment came. You guys want to know about that one moment? I know you guys want to know about that moment. So it was a job evaluation, okay? It was myself, my boss, and his boss. So when you go to a job evaluation with your boss and your boss's boss, uh, I don't know if you got nervous. I got nervous, okay? And you're kind of young, you know, so you, you think you know, but you don't really know. And so there was, there was this problem, and uh, I was trying to help figure out. So uh, just not to get it all boring for you all, um, there was this chemical reaction. Okay, nobody's really excited about that, I understand. Um, this is what was going in, and this is what was coming out, and we needed to make sure this came out at a reasonable price. Okay, And um, we were sitting there. Has anybody ever made uh, like cake or cookies? You know how you do the cookie dough, and then you put it in the oven, and then the cookies come out? Has anybody wondered what happens inside the oven? Exactly. Right? It's not like anybody really cares, right? Let's see the thermodynamics and chemical equations and see why. Nobody cares. So I'm in this job evaluation and we're talking and I'm acting like I know and this and that. And so my boss's boss actually happened to be a biologist. And so chemistry was not his thing. But so he was very curious. He said, hey, um, so to go from here to here, how, does that, how do those chemicals change? How do they interact? Good. Okay. So I pull out a piece of paper. I start drawing on the piece of paper. Start putting stuff down there. And he looks at me and he says, you don't know, do you? I put my head down and I said, I don't know. <laughs> that was so embarrassing to me. I was depressed for weeks after that stuff. You know, I went, I went to the back to the office and I had done some good stuff. That hopefully that kind of saved things. My boss was trying to cover for me. And, and he, you know, we went back to the office and he said, you know, you could have just said you didn't know. And I'm like, Really? Was that like even allowed? Am I even supposed to admit that type of stuff? I didn't know I was young. You know, all kinds of different fears, right? And so you imagine this situation. Peter, very, very positive, very, very heartsy, says, Jesus, I will be with you. And then the test comes moments right after. And then he starts failing. And not just one time, 
Let's keep reading. 58. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I'm not. Peter replied. Probably with a little attitude, right? Then he thought he was safe. Because about an hour passed. An hour later, another one came. Certainly, this fellow was with him. For he is a Galilean. You know, another scripture says that they recognize his accent. I don't know if you have an accent that can get recognized. But, you know, Californians have an accent too. You, I don't know if you knew. But so he got recognized. And he said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And then, just as he was speaking, and this is one of those things that just kind of steers, right? Like The rooster crowed. And he knew what was going on. And you know how sometimes you know you're messing up, but you're wondering whether other people figure that out too? Or whether your mom figured out what you're doing? Or whether somebody busted you? You know. You know. And this is the one, this is the scripture that follows that breaks my heart. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. What would you be feeling if you were the Lord and looking at your best friend or a family member or your dad or your son or whatever and you see what they're doing? breaking a promise that they did to you. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord has spoken. Before the roaster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. What would you do in that moment? How do you react to those moments where your integrity is tested? How do you react to those moments? You know, we live in a world where there's lies everywhere, half-truths all over the place. And actually, you may even get enticed because you feel like others are getting ahead of you because they're lying. What about your credibility and your character? This is a moment where his character was tested. You know, he set himself up, but nonetheless, he knew what the right answer was. He knew what he should do. And we look at that and we go, oh, we wouldn't do that. But you know, we're constantly being tested. Our character is constantly being called forward. Not just to say the truth, but also to keep a promise. To keep a promise maybe to friends. Or maybe because other people are have expectations about you. Maybe to behave in a certain way. Make certain decisions. Speak in a certain way. If you're young, your parents have those expectations over you. But even as adults, your friends, your co-workers, things that you're responsible for. Or in your own life with your spouse, promises you made, things that you said you would do, things that you said you wouldn't do, and constantly being called because you're failing. And what do you do with moments like that? You know, uh, Peter wept bitterly. He at least realized, you know, oftentimes we get defensive. We go, you know, no, 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 no. But you guys don't understand. There's, you, didn't, you weren't there. There was other things at play. We start creating all kinds of deflectors and we pivot and we excuse and we come up with a whole bunch of other stuff. 
because we don't want it to sneak in. And that's the first moment. When you go in this character test and you don't pass, let it sneak in so that God can work in your life, in your heart. Eventually, let's go now to John chapter 21. And, and it's awesome that we can see the transformation here in Peter's life. John chapter 21, verse 15. You know, what do you do after that moment? Right? Jesus looked straight at you and found out what you were doing. And what do you do? You just go hide. You just put your head down and just get depressed. You know, maybe there was just a moment. And then after all that followed, the, the, the sacrifice, the torture, the flogging, and you already failed, and you're watching all those things. And, and I mean, how do you get through all that? I mean, that seems to me very traumatic, right? Those few hours that just comes and follows right after that. And you being a part of that because you said you would back them up, and then you didn't, and you got called three times. And then Jesus just shows up in your life. You know, would you do that to somebody? And then Jesus shows up. Actually, Jesus was making breakfast at a few scriptures before. We're not going to talk about breakfast. But, but right after that, it's so cool, right? Jesus is cooking breakfast. And then when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon son of John, do you truly, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. I, I don't know how he was feeling. He's probably just emotionally overwhelmed. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, second time, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Three times fail. Three times Jesus comes back with grace. This is a moment of grace. This is a moment of forgiveness. So many words could have been said at this moment. So many things could have been revisited. And oftentimes for us to get closure, you know, we want people to do all kinds of explanations. And Jesus was there. Just being gracious, right? Offering his hand forward and just giving him another opportunity. I don't know what Peter was feeling, but put yourself in either situation, right? You fail first and then you're given another opportunity. How grateful would you be? But then even more difficult, being the person that was failed too and showing grace towards others. You know, we have a very low tolerance of forgiveness, unfortunately. You know, we get really worked up about different kinds of things that maybe are not a big deal after all. You know, we have social media now, right? And people are on Facebook. And you post stuff on Facebook and nobody says like. Nobody clicks like. But other people post stuff and they get a whole bunch of likes. And you start getting an attitude like, why? How come people don't like my stuff? 
you know, and you start wondering, and I mean, you just not, you know, you, you just get worked up. I used to have a household, talking about grace, and, um, you know, I had a really good chicken sandwich that I couldn't finish at this restaurant, and I took it and I put it in the fridge, and, um, oh, I mean, I guess you probably guys probably already know what, what's going about to happen. But anyway, so next day, I'm hungry, I come, I look at the fridge, there's my chicken sandwich. Awesome. I grab it, take a bite. Guess what happened? The chicken was gone. (laughs) Who, Who did this? I go and run into the living room. Who, who ate my chicken? I know it's petty, but you know, do you guys understand? This is important stuff, right? You're single, you're hungry, you got to eat. And your roommates, which one? This guy just raised his hand. Did you eat my sandwich? No. I just ate the chicken, but I left the rest. (laughs) And his look was like, what would I do? I'm like, you guys don't, don't understand. Did not understand. I don't know if you ever had a roommate like that. Or maybe you are that roommate. I don't know. You know, people constantly having to pick up after you, reminding you stuff. And you're like, what I do? What I do? Right? It didn't stop there. So, you know, guy comes home, opens up the fridge. There's a gallon of milk. Awesome. Grabs the milk. What are you not supposed to do? Drink straight from the gallon of the milk. Goes to the tap water. Opens up the tap water. Fills it back to the line where it was. Closes it. Puts it back in the fridge. Oh, my gosh. It's just, they just pull you, testing you, right? You got to be gracious. But you know, sometimes the shoe is on the other foot. We come home from a Bible study, and we're there, hungry. It's about 11. And somebody had cooked. Oh, we're so encouraged. There's food in the stove. Awesome. Let's eat it. It's great. So we eat it. Great dinner. The next day, come to find out, one of my roommates had actually cooked for himself, and it was his lunch. And so he woke up the next morning, Went to the stove, and there was no food, and we had actually eaten it. Sorry about that. Didn't know, you know. (laughs) But sometimes, by accident or not, stuff happens in your life. You get worked up. You know, our tolerance is so low. Somebody didn't look at you right. Somebody, oh, and and you text somebody, and they don't text you right away. And you're getting all worked up. Like, what happened? Are they ignoring me? Are they mad? All kinds of different things happen in our life. And, you know, we are, our forgiveness threshold is just low. We get worked up. And that's why we got to look at Jesus and be like, wow, we fall short. We have to learn how he was able to do that and be inspired and learn. And now let's go to First uh, Peter. You know, First Peter, now we see a changed man. You know, going through all that would change your life, right? And now you have a different perspective. 
You yourself were tested. You yourself failed. You know you're going to fall short. You know that others may too, and you're going to help them overcome these challenges. Appreciate God's grace in your life, the ability to have another opportunity and be able to help others. In 1 Peter chapter 2.21, he's writing now to the disciples. And this letter is for those that were going through a lot of difficulty. And we're always wondering, you know, why are we going through all this stuff? Is this worth it? All this stuff. And these were, these were Christians that started following Jesus much after. They, they were not there to see it, to experience it all. They had heard about it. They were cities removed, miles and miles away removed, yet they had chosen to follow. But they were struggling because things were so distant. And so Peter's trying to shepherd them and trying to help them understand how it was. And then the Bible says, then verse 21, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and he's talking about perseverance. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. When I read the scriptures, I cannot help but, but just imagine the depth in his heart as he's writing these things word for word. He was there. He saw it. He could have been judged. Jesus could have retaliated even against him for not keeping his promise and falling away. But no, he got another chance. And so as he's writing this letter, there's this emotional depth, there's this belief, there's this faith, there's this richness that he puts in the scripture because he was there. Because he was able to receive the Lord's grace. And now he is called to persevere just like him and he's calling others to persevere. And so, this morning, as we go through these moments that test our character, as we go through these moments where we receive grace from others, from God, let all that not go to waste, but produce change in us every single time so that we can prevent moments from being embarrassed, but also we can prevent moments from failing in our character, in our devotions, in our marriage, in our friendships, in our walk with, with God. We must learn to be prepared when our character is tested. We must accept grace and be gracious. We must use the lessons to change and be who God wants us to be. Think about what will be said about your life. Going back to that idea of somebody writing about you. Think about what will be said about your life. Think about how God wants to use your life. Let all these moments not go to waste. Amen? Amen. Hopefully that was encouraging for you all this morning. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Our Father, thank you so much.
for just giving us a chance. Thank you for even uh, as you look into our weakness of character, of word, of the things that we say, think, or do, you still have hope and you still have great vision for us. Thank you for providing that forgiveness. Thank you for providing that example through Jesus on the cross. Thank you for providing example even from apostles that were not so perfect so that we can learn from them. Help all these moments not go to waste in our lives. Help us change for the better. Help us change those things that we've been wanting to change for a long time. Help us take moments like this morning to reflect on those all for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.